Welcome in to another edition of the Tapping the Keg Podcast, episode or ninety four. I, I kind of let a pause there. I uh, got everybody excited. We're talking Rogers fallout after the Brady retirement. We are talking about the best Bucks games in the month of February, and we are talking about Brewer offseason grades, which have been given out by the baseball writers around the world and not really around the world. And maybe, maybe we'll dive into the prospects too a little bit um, in that time. But first, before we get started, Mitch, what's happening? Other side of the zoom, how you, how you living? How you feeling? Uh, living, living pretty well. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't really have anything spectacular to yeah. add to that question, but uh that's okay. Dynamite drop, dynamite drop in Monty. The uh, broadcast in school really paying off for you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Nine years working at a radio station, almost. Yeah, you'd think I'd have something clever to say once in a while, but I usually, now, I'm pretty, I'm pretty good at uh, mixing that in. So it's how, how am I doing? The answer to that question is it doesn't matter. So, <laughs> uh, it's Groundhog's Day today. Do you? Put any stock in the groundhog seeing his shadow um, out there, Pakistaniville, mm. or the the one at the zoo. Well, unfortunately, I'm I have 33 years of data, and the uh, <laughs> groundhog comes every year, and we all talk about it for about two hours, and then nobody ever remembers in about you know the next day what what actually happened. So. I wonder what the what the accuracy of the groundhog is. So, um, it's, it's I mean, probably hey, not at all. Hey, yeah, it's a it's a fair point. I mean, it's you just it has to see right. It's like, yep, yeah, see its shadow. Six more weeks of winter. Doesn't see its shadow. Re- we're good. Related, but and I don't want to go on a weather tangent here. No, but no, no, no. Yeah, every the... fucking year, people in Wisconsin say it's going to be a long winter. <laughs> it's going to be uh, th- yeah. This winter, they're saying it's going to be rough. It's like, first of all, no shit. Second of all, I mean, is it any more worse than normal? You know, it, you know, stuff. Right. Stuff happens. You you might get an early polar vortex. You might get a late one. I mean, we're always gonna end up with thirty five inches of snow or whatever we get. It just it just all depends. It might all come at the end of the season. Right. Come at the beginning. It's just oh, a long winter. Well, shit. It was above freezing for three quarters of January. So can't complain too much. Right. Law, the, hammer, law, the hammer will come in February now. For sure. Law of large averages. Yeah. We've got our snow. We got our cold and yeah, we'll just sort of, we'll bury through it. We have thankfully a lot of good basketball um, and Aaron Rodgers rumors to keep us warm. So that's, that's just what we have yeah. going for us. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, I think every day it's something different. Um, We're fucking never, tired of it. <laughs> I when I uh, sent you the show topics, I was like, "Oh man, I bet he's gonna give me a little bit of grief for starting out with Rodgers." But unfortunately, with the Tom Brady news yesterday of Tom Brady retiring from the NFL yet again, uh, you have to talk about Rodgers because it changes. It kind of would you say it changes everything, or does it not change that much? Well. I'm the same handful of teams that were looking for a quarterback are still looking for a quarterback. So it's true. That's true. Um, um, but those teams, you know, those teams are not necessarily, you know, if they were thinking, Hey, maybe we could 
kind of, I wouldn't say cheapen out, but we could get Tom Brady instead of Aaron Rodgers, and we just have right. to do free agency. We don't have to give a draft pick. Now that sort of reshuffles the deck, right? Yeah, and it, it, it's it does like, change. It does change quite a bit. Um, you're right. And with Rodgers, it would be, does a team have the cap space to absorb such a large number? Or I mean, even the, I don't know if the Packers would probably keep some salary or retain or pay yeah. a lot of it um, or whatever it took to, to get the deal done. But, you know, so it does change some things. Like you said, draft capital. And also there's probably um, more baggage with Rodgers, maybe different baggage. Um, I don't know. Tom Brady's largely seems to be a good teammate. Rodgers is at the jury's probably out on that at the moment, but um, we'll see. Yeah, it's interesting, right? Like, do is was there really a issue with Aaron Rodgers? Now, I know I think too much was made about Aaron Rodgers and the the media markets like New York, like oh, New York's going to swallow him alive and stuff like that, which I thought was ridiculous. I think the only mm. push, so you so you think you buy into that. Like, I, I, that's the first I'd heard of it. So, I mean, I'm just giving you a natural the, reaction. Yeah, no. Jay, I mean, Jason Gay, who writes for the Wall Street Journal, was like, Aaron Rodgers plays on a team that has a fan base like Manchester United. They're everywhere. Now, I think the, the pushback, the other side of it is the journalists in New York don't care really about being, like, warm and fuzzy with you. Right? Right. Like, right. I think that. Maybe not Schneidman, but like Domofsky, Wes Hodgewitz. Well, Wes Hodgewitz works for the team. Bill Huber. Like these guys that have been here. Silverstein, Wildey. Like they they actually kind of care about relationships. I mean, the New Yorkers, there's just a new different attitude. When you're in New York, like it's a very rough and tumble. And, I mean, it, it, not to get political, but like it's a more liberal state. And the vaccine questions are going to come up. Like that's going to be a part of the conversation. They had vax mandates in New York. You know, Wisconsin did not for the most part. Um, so that stuff's going to come up, unfortunately, for Aaron Rodgers. And, yeah, I, I could see that side of it. And, yeah, if teams do really want to kind of get in that in that boat and with Tom Brady no longer being there and not necessarily having to worry about that with Brady because he does seem to kind of charm media and, you know, have sort of – I wouldn't say the media in his back pocket, but he does a, he does a pretty good job with media. Yeah, he's he's pretty untouchable. I mean, I would say that's that that's a big difference between Rodgers and Brady is Rodgers has ruffled feathers more in the last couple of years, whereas Brady has has you know with going to Tampa and you know sort of erased all the questions of could he do it on his own without Belichick. I think that helped his case a lot. He got he had he has what seven Super Bowls now, mm-hmm. so you know he's kind of once that happened he became the undisputable goat and is pretty, pretty, pretty untouchable. I think from the media and, and, it, and as weird as it is, weird as it is, sorry to interrupt, but it's like, he has a radio show with Jim Gray and right. Larry Fitzgerald. So it's like, he's already doing media. There is an assumption that he's going to work for, well, he has the deal with Fox like that. Mm-hmm. That should, that should happen. So if he has a deal with Fox in place, he's probably in a three man booth with Greg Olson next year. Um, Jimmy Traina of uh, Sports Illustrated wrote about that, where it's like they're going to have to do the three-man booth. Like, will Brady be a part of their Super Bowl coverage? I, You know, Fox yeah. hasn't really talked about that. I think that's 
a very interesting question to be raised about where where do we kind of see Brady's you know media go, go forward? Rogers doesn't have a lot of interest in that, and so yeah, is that going to is that going to change? Is that going to change things because they don't want to bring that drama and that chaos? I think the Jets have sort of been. It's been, you know, they always have drama, right? They had drama, even with a really good year this year, the Zach Wilson drama was prevalent really throughout the year, whether it was from the mom fucking at the start to just he's not that good at the end of it. And it's like, so they kind of always have been part of the chaos. So I don't know how much that would affect the team like the Jets. Well, the the Jets too probably have one of the more, desperate owners i guess yes. or one of the more uh willing to make a splash owners and and with know, deep pockets deep pockets big market whatever you know you want to say you know that the jets for the last week now have been kind of you would think the number i would assume the vegas favorite to land aaron Rodgers if mm-hmm. if he should become available i found it interesting that rogers uh was on mcafee on tuesday and so that he he has not been included in any of these conversations, and he said that oh. was interesting. That was hilarious. Uh, and it's like, <laughs> what do you like? Do you do you? I mean, I I guess you know that would be part of you know having a seat at the table would be <laughs> being in on your own own trade discussions. I mean that that seems kind of weird. Um, I don't know. And I would all, imagine I would imagine that at 38 or 39 years old, whatever he's going to be, you know, it's fair to sort of if the Packers are at this point, I don't know. I, I don't I bet they're not. But, you know, have Rogers come up with a list of, of teams like, OK, the Packers have a list of these. These are the teams that we could, you know, potentially make a deal with. And then Rogers could have his own list of cities he wants to go to or whatever and or situations he wants to go to and see if those align um i you know as weird that as that is for him to say on mcafee like oh it's interesting that i haven't been included you know he could be lying too well i think it's just for aaron all this mcafee interviews are it's part ego and it's part controlling the narrative it's part like making it seem like he is not the bad guy in this which is a lot of the stuff that Favre did now mm-hmm. i think people 14, 15 years removed are much smarter. They are not dumbasses where they were, they took Favre's bait hook, line and sinker. They were so dedicated to Favre, so loyal to Favre that they they weren't ready for the change. And Favre also wasn't ever outspoken like Rogers. He never came out in, in a serious way against something very highly charged and political. He, he wavered back and forth, but people, People kind of were okay with it, and he still had that aw shucks folksy. When if you really kind of dig into it, he was an asshole. And you've seen, you know, obviously the Mississippi stuff mm-hmm. now, it you know has come to life even even more. But I I think that a lot has changed in fifteen years with how people perceive athletes, and so I think well, everyone's sort and, of and Favre and Favre is one of a long line of great athletes from that you know late 80s 90s early 2000s era that would have never survived social media no would have oh or would have had to had changed their behavior 
uh, significantly. I mean, these athletes today, I don't know. They do a pretty good job. I'll say that of, of right. making it seem like they're, they're on the up and up at all times. And, yep. you know, Favre would have, Favre would have gotten, you know, yeah, it would, have been, it would have been really if you again, if you dig in to some of the stories of Favre pre like getting rid of the alcohol, the painkillers and everything like that in the early 90s, it was not a pretty picture. Right. Um, and yeah, if that was on social media, if that that's going on on Instagram or TikTok, I, I you could you imagine like it would be absurd. Um, so I yeah, you're absolutely right. And I think with this all said, it's I, I do also want to go on the other side. Are we cool to go on the other side of this coin here, too? Yeah. So for the Packers. You have to look at the NFC and I understand that Jordan Love looks ready to be a starting quarterback. I get that. But. The NFC is as bad as I think I can remember it in my lifetime. I mean, it's not good. Philadelphia was good this year. They had a, they were really healthy really the entire year except for that end of the year where they caught a couple couple bad breaks, but all those guys are back. You still have Lane Johnson, you still have Jalen Hurts, like those guys are still are still here. So, then you have San Francisco who God knows what they're doing at quarterback. Minnesota was, you know, all smoke and mirrors. Who knows about the Giants once, you know, they have to actually play a real schedule. Like, I just wonder, is the door open for one more run for Green Bay? I understand that it gets harder and harder to trade Aaron Rodgers as his contract goes on. But is there a situation where you just restructure, figure it the fuck out, and make it easy to break up next year or and try to keep Jordan Love happy for one more year? Yeah, I mean, that's certainly possible. I mean, it's, I guess right now we're, we don't know what's going to happen. It's, it's pretty early in the process. I mean, I know Tom Brady makes a decision today, allegedly. And I mean, um, but I feel like I, I, it's still kind of early for me to make a call as to what, what it might actually happen. Um, It does feel like, there's more smoke than ever with a trade with Rogers. And I, I would have never thought it would happen. I didn't think he'd, he'd be gone last year and he wasn't. And I still don't necessarily think he's gone until I see it, I guess. So for me that as at this, as we talk right now, I think that's likely what's going to happen is they're going to, they're going to run it back again. I mean, there's, there's, reason for optimism you know you point out all all the the nfc it should be interesting you know it's the nfl i mean with the nfc east who knows i feel like that that division just flips around every year and Mm -hmm. um you know they're all kind of about the same philly's better probably than anyone in that division certainly has the most upside yeah Um, no, no doubt and obviously tampa's probably going to go in the shitter. Um, I don't know. You're yeah. Right. I mean, there, there really is. I mean, the Rams could be back with Stafford right. and yeah, but if everybody's healthy and everything goes great, but there's a lot of drama there too. Well, and, and the Rams in the Rams, because they decided to 
you know, sell out for a Super Bowl, they don't have depth on their roster, which drives right. people crazy. And they're like, banners fly forever. I, I fully understand that. But there are consequences. And the consequences are you're going to have one good year and then be shit, retool. And then maybe in the next five years, you have that chance. That might stop Miami Marlins mindset. And I still, I, but you're right. The Rams could be better if the Saints or the Falcons were to get Lamar Jackson or to make a deal for that. Or if Derek Carr, you know, comes into the NFC, that makes an NFC team a little bit better. I don't know how much better it makes them, but it, it makes them better. And so I, I do think there are ways where the NFC might be elevated. And, and yeah, the Cowboys are still going to be pretty good. Um, even with McCarthy taking over plays, I, I think that was a little overblown by everybody. I, who knows? Like some of you are like Callum Moore. McCarthy didn't want to do a lot of stuff Callum Moore wanted to do. We'll have to see. We'll just, I, I just kind of waited and see on that to your point. And yeah, the Lions should be a little bit better. The Bears are going to be the sexy team. Still, think the Bears are one or two years away. But I mean, look at the Jacksonville Jaguars. They picked first last year. Their quarterback kind of ascended and they made the playoffs. I'm not saying the Bears, I don't want the Bears to do that, but is there a path? Yeah, probably. Right, they're gonna play an easy schedule. Um, so Panthers were kind of in every game last year. Maybe they get a quarterback. Maybe they're a little bit different. They have a pretty good defense. So yeah, I could see a way where the NFC might be better. And but I also, I'm rambling here. But to go on to just the love side of things, I don't think we can say, oh well, San Francisco did it with Brock Purdy. Why can't the Packers do it with Jordan Love? Like, I mean, we're we're not. We're not San Francisco. We're not there yet from a talent perspective. And I mean, it's going to take a lot to get to that point. Yeah. And and Jordan Love would be, you know, Jordan Love is not making 800K like Brock Purdy was. Yeah, that's a really good point, too. Yeah, that's Um, a really good point. You know, if not this year, then certainly the following year, you know, if Jordan Love is the quarterback the following year, I mean, he's making what, 20 million? Or nineteen or something like that. I think that'd yeah. be his fifth year option, wouldn't it? So yeah, something like that. You know, right? That's that's not nothing. Um, so it, you know, you I don't know how much talent you'd get. You'd have more talent around him, I would think, than if Rogers and if if you do trade Rogers, you should be able to get a couple couple dudes back. I would think, right? You know, people and, that, that could contribute. What's, what's really interesting about the Jets and the Raiders, although the Raiders GM was like, oh, I don't want to put assets into just one player or I didn't want to put a lot of my cap into one player, which is an interesting comment after they paid Devontae Adams a ton of money. It's like, okay, like that sounds good, right? But that doesn't immediately rule you out of the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes, right? Well, like like the Raiders too, like they gave up quite a bit to get Devontae. Right. I mean, I know, well, a first and a second, you know. Yeah, I, I... I mean, the other part of it too is, you know, the they're not, they're not the wealthiest owner. I mean, Mark Davis is one of the more cash poor owners that is out there. So that's another part of it where he can't really afford to, you know, do that. But the Raiders, but out Las Vegas is making so much money on, you know, season tickets and people coming in and all the different things they're having there. UNLV plays their game. Like I just feel like. They have to be making a lot of money right now. Um, and that's just me assumption without seeing the books. But the, what's interesting or what I was going to say about the Raiders and the Jets was 
they both have talent that the Packers might want, right? And Elijah Moore, who was unhappy in New York, probably fit in nicely in Green Bay. They, sure. The Packers wanted Darren Waller last year. Um, what's to say Darren Waller couldn't be couldn't be part of this conversation as well, right? And getting Darren Waller in a, in a deal, and and bringing that in and filling that tight end void uh, that that's been missing, you know. And yeah. so I, I'm just, I mean, interested to see you know where it all where it all transpires. But as you said, it's very early still. We I have just, a long we have a long way to go. I just think that I was going to say I started rambling about the competition in the NFC, but a reason. I don't know, a reason for Rodgers to stay, but a reason to be optimistic about it would be, you know, the you have Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson, who both, especially Watson, looks looks so good at the last, you know, two months of the season. You know, I, I just think that he's going to take another step, and the Packers are pretty close to being, you know, they're probably going to yeah. win the division next year if – I just think, I mean, I know we're down in Minnesota and who knows what happens with them, but in the bears, you're right. The bears could be, you know, somebody's going to be bad in the NFC North. And right. I mean, I would say the lions might just fall back to a five or six win team. Um, and the bears would probably only be a five or six win team. I'll tell you, um, I'll tell you right now, if the Vikings hire the Denver Broncos defensive coordinator, uh, Evro, I will, I will not be happy. That will be bad because he's good. He's basically who the Packers should have hired. Malafleur hired his buddy and said, Ebro apparently finished second. If he goes to the Vikings or the Niners, not not going to be happy. That's and that's going to really, really strain on me. Speaking of that, uh, Joe Barry still has a job as far as we know, right? That's Yeah. That's not, I haven't missed anything there. No, um, it sounds like he's going to keep his job, which is wild to me because there's just a lot of guys <laughs> out there and yeah. no no real talk on who will be the defensive backs coach. It'd be just poetic if they give it to Aubrey Plaza, or not Aubrey Plaza, uh, White Lotus on the mind. Aubrey Pleasant, you might have to bonk me there. Uh, Aubrey Pleasant, uh, the guy who got fired by the Lions, was terrible for the Lions, came on and to work with the Packers just to help out the offensive uh, film rooms and everything like that. And if they gave him the job, I'd be pretty mad with Jim Leonard out there and other people out there. Although Jim Leonard's contract is kind of weird where he's getting paid a million a month to just kind of, or I don't think it's a million a month. He's getting paid a million for the year to kind of just hang out for his like agreement with the Badgers. So who knows? Maybe Leonard's not going to take any job. uh, So he's got like a, like a non-compete or something. It's kind of, yeah, it's a little bit like that. Um, like it, as it's long like, as you're on the, as long as you're still on the books, you can't take another job. It's super confusing. It's like, if, if it like, if he feels the job is like good for his family, he can then approach the Badgers. The Badgers are like, yeah, we'll let you go. And okay. we, and so it almost like, be like an arbitration type thing with him where kind of he's, he's kind of a restricted free agent. A little bit. Yeah. It's it, that that's probably the best way to put it. Um, it's, it is confusing. Like I read it like three times and like paragraph and I'm like, I, this is not making sense to me. Uh, but I, you boiled it down nicely there. Um, so yes, it could be still on the table. I don't know if that's going to, I don't know if that's going to transpire, but it would be disappointing if, if they go that route. And 
I'm not, I wasn't that heartbroken about Jerry Gray leaving. I think Jerry Gray was a guy that Rasul Douglas and, and Jair and all those guys liked a lot, but Jerry Gray distanced himself from Joe Barry. You can say, Hey, maybe that's a good decision, but that's kind of weird when your defensive coordinator is, you know, your boss and you're like, nah, we're not going to kind of do it the way he wants. And then the other part of it is there was a ton of miscommunication in the secondary. I mean, how many times would we see Jair and Amos pointing at each other? Right. And so I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm okay with it. I feel bad for the guys who like their coach. Right? That sucks. But that's, that's all. That's my only like it's negative reaction towards it. And that's sports. Part of the, yeah. Um, there might be a temporary disappointment, but I feel like once you get going again, it you get over it. Yeah. No, no, no question about it. So, We'll just sort of see, and we'll uh, we'll watch from afar as uh, the Super Bowl happens in in two weeks, and I'm sure we'll, you and I will talk a little more about that next week uh, yeah. as we get closer to the big game. Can't even say Super Bowl, kid. Get, get the get the pops on us. We'll get a we'll, we'll get a podcast taken down. <laughs> yeah, right. And we'll get uh, a flag football game this weekend. So, oh God, I look if I turn you that are a on, pinhead if you watch that. Oh no, you're more than a pinhead. Like there's going to be basketball on probably. I think there's an ESPN game on at like four. I don't, it probably doesn't run when the flag football game runs, but there's stuff on binge something on TV, like go do something productive do anything on other that than Sunday. That. Yeah. Anything other than that. Like if, if Murph makes me turn it on, I probably might kill him. Um, but I, <laughs> Well, that's true. There's going to be gambling and stuff. I'm sure. No, well, yeah, but don't even do that. That's like call. That's like call like one eight hundred gambler. Like that's, that's bad. That's that's hope NY stuff. Yeah, that's hope NY <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, so don't do that. Um, and then just get ready for the craziness of Super Bowl week, which is it. I think it'll actually be fun because it'll be the first normal one in like three years. So you'll have like media day and. You have all this other stuff, and you had a lot of fun interviews from you know. They didn't have media podcasts. day last year. They did. I think they did. Actually, they might have. But it's it sounds like it's it'll be a good. Arizona's a good spot for a Super Bowl. It's kind of makes you mad, you know, as a Packer fan, you're not in the mix with the golf tournament and everything else and the good weather. Like it's that ticket will be red hot with the Chiefs and the Eagles, you know, two fan bases that you know kind of go all out for their teams. Yeah, it'll be in the Andy Reid Bowl. It's uh Jason yeah, Kelsey Bowl. The storylines are uh, you know, tip as typical are gonna be beat to death. Did you see the uh before we move on to the Bucks, did you see the Andrew Hawkins tweet? He's a former bat football player. Uh no. I know who that is, but no, I don't know. It was a great, great tweet. I don't okay, yeah. He goes, he my dad. There are two brothers facing off in the Super Bowl for the first time ever. Uh, he said, me, yeah, they played ball together at Cincinnati too. My dad, boy, Hurts ain't go to no damn Cincinnati. He's talking about the quarterbacks. Yeah, that's what I thought he meant at first too. Two black quarterbacks. 
Yeah. But he was talking about the Kelsey brothers. <laughs> no. Well, Hawkins thought he, he was talking about the Kelsey brothers, but no, his dad was talking about, yes, that there, this will be the first time pitting two uh, African-American quarterbacks against each other. And also, uh, I think it's the first time two quarterbacks in Texas against each other, which is wild that that hasn't hmm. happened. So. I didn't know Jalen Hurts was from Texas. Yep. Yep. Sure. Sure is. Fun fact. Um, but. You know, that's that's how you know the legs use this, you know, squat and farm equipment. Just kidding. I don't I have no idea where Jalen Hurts actually lived. Um, anyways, let's move on to the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh so it's been good times for the Bucks. They ended January hot, currently the two seed in the Eastern Conference, yet they've missed a ton of games and injuries. It's crazy, it's awesome. Uh it's makes you excited for kind of what's upcoming. But February is not easy. Um, it is a tough month. As you alluded to last week, the league likes to do this, uh, to bulk up February, to have a bunch of games as people familiarize themselves with the Bucks and the NBA because they can't keep two thoughts in their head. It's like football, football, football. And it's like, what do I do? I don't have football anymore. So they start watching games again. So that's why the NBA puts these games is what your theory is, but I think it's a great one. Um, and so, yeah, the Bucks have a lot. And so I thought, Let's talk about the schedule a little bit as we start the month of February and kind of pick our the three games that maybe carry the most significance that you're excited for, a little combination of the two, and uh, I'll, I'll kick it off to you because I always I always give you first dibs because that's the kind of guy I am. Yeah, you're, you're a sweetheart. Thank um, you. Yeah, February is pretty brutal now that I look at it. I mean, <laughs> just over overall, we'll be we get fucked tomorrow. Or tonight with the uh, the nine o'clock tip off on at home, uh, followed up by a West Coast trip, a weird three game West Coast trip next week. They um, the, the league just to cut in real quick. The league is kind of doing that more. I don't know if that's the for load management purposes, but they also have another three game three game West Coast road trip in the middle of March. Uh, so continue but then philly had like a six game west coast road trip not that long ago i don't know so, talk to adam silver i don't, I don't well it's, I don't make it's i'll tell you what it is it's because they're on the coast so yeah, probably yeah they, they they're gonna have longer you know we're in the midwest it's right. so anyway um uh biggest game tuesday february 14th against the celtics easy 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 peasy yeah, yeah. Um, I got the uh, if, like if we had to do a verbal uh, viral video, I was the Stephen Stephen A face uh, where with like the fade to black when mm-hmm. I realized that was Valentine's Day like last yeah. week. I was like, yeah, that's not great. Um, yeah, I'll have to just watch that when the wife goes to bed, and we'll just we'll watch that later. But you yeah, can't it's, include that in your plans. Nah, not a bit. Not Valentine's Day. All right. Uh, wife's wife's great about watching sports. Uh, we're potentially throwing around going to an away Brewer Stadium this uh this summer. Um, she she supports my sports fandom a lot. I feel like Valentine's Day is a bridge too far. Um, even though it is the Celtics, um, but I will just I'll either social media blackout it and just be like, all right, won't pay attention, <laughs> mute my mute all my apps. Or I will just, you know, see what happens and then come back to it, you know, at whatever, uh, nine or 10 or 11 and just watch it and then have her have a podcast up later, later that evening. 
uh, for whatever happened. Well, there you go. Quick, quick look behind the curtain. But yeah. I think, uh, obvious, I mean, I don't know how much there really needs to be said, a huge game. And I, I hope that, and I think, and I believe that a lot of the load, load management stuff will go away mm-hmm. in the next, in the next couple of weeks and should be, you know, all systems go in that game and we'll get to see, we'll get Boston for the first of two in, in Milwaukee in the second half of the season, mathematical second half of the season, I guess. And, um, yeah, measuring stick contest. Totally, absolutely, and I, I think that that's that that's all that needs to be said. I I said I talked about it a little bit on yesterday's show, and I I knew you would pick it, and I was like, all right, we'll get Mitch's thoughts, and I I agree with everything. It's a it's a really good matchup, and it's an important one because the Bucks did lose on Christmas, and you only play three times. So if you win this one, you have a chance to win the series, which then you would win the tiebreaker if you ended up tied at the end of the year. I don't think the NBA cares about it as much as like the NFL, but in my opinion, I think it matters. So I I think that there should be a little bit of stock put into that. Yeah, I should be into tiebreakers. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I you saw it I last just, year. Yeah, I know. I, and I, I just, I don't know. Do you, do you, I don't think they value it. I just don't think they give a shit. Um, but that's might be my own personal hmm. opinion or my frustration with last year. Cause I felt like there were a couple instances where the Bucks kind of punted and they didn't need yeah. to punt. And it's like that, that Cleveland game, like that's one that really makes me mad because if you win that game against Cleveland right before everybody came back, you would be three and one against the Cavs if you won that game. And then if heaven forbid you're tied with the Cavs at the end of the year, you don't have to use another tiebreaker to decide things. Uh, you mean the Cleveland game this year? From yeah, yeah, the one two weeks ago, the last loss yeah. they had on uh, the twenty first last Saturday. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You're right. I mean, I was talking. I was thinking more about last year with no. Yeah, I know, you know what you were saying. They, I'm just... they rested everybody against Cleveland in the last oh, game yeah. of the season, and then the Celtics went all out and beat Memphis or whoever it was. Yeah. And and said bring on Brooklyn and everybody loved it and and then it was that was that was the reason they beat the Bucks and when really the Bucks just blew Game Six last year, yeah. Um But yeah, no, yeah. I mean you're right. I, I, as much as I was gonna deny that, like, or as much as I was gonna say I think they care, you're right. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I, I have a hard time coming up with any evidence that they do care. Yeah. Um So. Yeah, it's brutal, but yeah. you're right. I mean, I think they value they value health over everything. So I mean, right. You know, so I will. It don't matter if it's game one or game eighty two. They're yep. probably gonna just do what you know, do what they do, and I guess God bless them. Yeah my my pick number one. It's a package deal. I'm gonna take both Clippers games. Uh, mostly this one tonight. I think the Clippers could be a finals team. They're well coached with Ty Lu. They're playing really yeah. Well, who's good in the West? <laughs> who's good in the West? Like Yeah, I, I mean, a lot of I, well, here's heard, the problem with the West, Charlie. The West is the three best teams are are small market teams. So Oh, interesting interesting zag here. So you're well, saying because no, okay, I, mean, go ahead, I just think that continue. I just think that people don't want to trust Denver, Memphis, and who am I missing here? Um, uh, Sacramento, New Orleans, Sacramento. I mean, these, you know, they're not that good. You're right. I mean, they're, they're not. And granted, I, you know, 
the Bucks got destroyed by Mem- Memphis is good. So is Denver. I think yeah. Denver and Memphis. Memphis Gen- are the, the two best teams. Gen Z Lob City has a lot of bark, but when the chips are down, their nuts get real small. They put their tail between their legs when when the chips are down against Golden State and Phoenix, and they you know they pat them on the back and, and get called daddy. Like doesn't go well for Memphis when they actually face face teams that have a little bit of veteran leadership in them. Yeah, but well, I, they're good. So, they're good. So, I just i I kind of want to see a little more, in my opinion. Nobody trusts those teams. Nobody, you know. So everybody's still still sticking to their 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 pearls of. Uh, the Clippers and the Warriors, which, okay, but at some point you got to keep winning games. And I don't know. The Clippers, I guess, are getting less load managey. Seems like yeah, wise. I mean, the, Clip- the Clippers are seven and three in their last ten. They're set. They're one and a half games back from the Kings in the three seed. Uh, you know, they're yes, I I hear what you're saying. Um, that they did do a lot of load management, but it has it has kind of lessened. They had a nice win in Chicago where they came back. They were down 10, I think, in the fourth quarter and came back to win that game. Um, you know, Kawhi's maybe not the same Kawhi, especially defensively, but he's still Kawhi. And Norm Powell being the asshole that he's been forever, he'll probably have 28 against us tonight. I just, it might be one of the teams you face in the finals. I'm not saying it is the finals contender. And it's why like the Denver game bummed me out so much because again, that's, it's the same conversation. I want to make sure that I'm not heading into the finals be, or heading into the playoffs be like, Oh, I kind of worry about if it's the events of being the Clippers, you know what I mean? And I want to just see it tonight and the back to back, which who knows, maybe the Bucks don't play anybody that back to back because it's two nights in LA and you know, it's after the Lakers one's going to probably have a little more invested vested interest than the Clippers, which I could yeah. disagree on that too, where I, I would probably prefer it to be the other way around. Yeah. I was going to take the Lakers game yeah, just go ahead. Let's next, talk next because um, obviously I promise you LeBron's going to go for the record that night. He'll probably get it. There'll be a lot of eyeballs on that game. And for, for narrative purposes, I need to win that night. And just because I don't, I don't need – God, if you lose to the Lakers ever at this point, it sucks, and it already happened once this year. So <laughs> I just – yeah. I, let's not let's not do it again. I, I think Giannis would have a ton of motivation. That would be – like, would it surprise you if he does break the record that night, but Giannis goes off for like 45 and 18 and just has a master class of a night because no, it's just – really. I mean – because that, that just feels like what Giannis would do. It's what he's been doing. It's what he did on uh, Monday night. Right. Sunday night, excuse me. Yeah. Well, I mean, Sunday was, Sunday was absurd. Yeah, there was a lot of Jokic and bead smoke and from the weekend. Oh, and, I didn't even think about that. Wow, and great I point. Think, I think that he's – those are his, his peers. And uh, I think he took it personally. He must have. I mean, he yeah. came back in. He did stat pad a little, but I don't give a shit. And, yeah, that loser, um, that KD loser, that fuck that guy. Who? Uh, Eddie Gonzalez. I shouldn't even mention his name. I shouldn't even give him the credit. He's just he like he gives these takes. He's been he's a Giannis hater, big time Giannis hater. He does the boardroom <laughs> with Durant, and he's on uh, FanDuel TV, whatever the fuck that is. 
And he basically is like, oh, it's generational stat padding. That's what he said. And he's just a loser. Like, he's just a KD guy. Like, his whole career is thanks to KD. Like, that's, you know, it's fine. Like, but don't, you don't need to hate on the other dudes for that. So, I mean, I got that out of the way. I'm I'm going down the uh, Twitter timeline of his, but. Oh, yeah, that's, uh, that. yeah, did, that you will not have fun with that one. Um, but he was like, all these Giannis stands, like, they don't understand ball. Like, fuck you, dude. Like, okay. All right, man. Sorry we don't ride for your guy. Anyways, um, yes, I, I do expect Giannis to be motivated in that game. I also think, I, I wonder if it would make him mad. If, I mean, Kareem will be there, right? Like, if, you know, Kareem's probably going to be wearing Lakers colors. He did when the Bucks were ready to win a title. Um, you know, does that matter? I don't know. Um, but I do expect a, a big game from Antetokounmpo. Kareem also said they wouldn't win a championship right before yes. they, yep. they did. So yep, yep, yeah, uh, another bozo. Yeah, you know, he's um, he's he's barely barely clinging on to his. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's a whole other podcast. <laughs> hey, um, we could go. We could have a full fifty minutes on just why Kareem is not actually why we should include include Kareem in Wisconsin greats, or we should. There's an asterisk. He's definitely on the all asterisk Wisconsin sports team. It's like him. It's Favre. Uh, I would. It's not a team, but I'd put Bud Selig on that list. Um, I'd put a few people. That actually might just be a podcast we do this summer. Um, we'll have to note that one. Uh, my next game, I was I was vacillating between a couple. I'll go with Chicago, and I know it doesn't matter. And it's just more, I just need to beat the Bulls' ass, right? We've lost to them yeah. twice. Uh, they, we should not have lost that second game. I realize it's the TNT Bulls. They have an impeccable record on Thursday nights. Uh, it's the game right before the All-Star break. There's a lot of things. It's the day after Boston. It It's a game where maybe the the Bucks aren't going to be at, a, at like feeling like 100%, but the motivation of those two Bulls losses alone should be enough to want to bury that team because I don't really want to lose to the Bulls three times this season. Yeah, I mean, you never want to do that just with how annoying their fans are on, about Grayson Allen. Oh, fuck. Um, I, I'm still getting comments on my TikTok that I did back in December. All of a sudden, you get a clown coming in being like, oh, yeah. This isn't the nineties, because I like went in the comments and we're like, you guys are all nine, they're probably not. A lot of these broccoli cut heads don't even know what Michael Jordan what Michael Jordan basketball was like. They just watch a few clips on YouTube and call it a day or watch the last dance. But like that was that was physical basketball. And they're like, Oh, he tried to hurt Alex Caruso. Again, false. He did not try to hurt Alex Caruso. He made a basketball play and Alex Caruso has flimsy wrist. That's not Grayson Allen's fault. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm not going to disagree with you there. Oh, yeah, I mean, I, you just no fuck the Bulls. Yeah, They've, uh, <laughs> you know the game Thanksgiving week that sucked, and then obviously the nightmare happened a couple weeks later in Chicago. So yeah, I'd like to get them back. Yeah. I mean, be great. It was like the Charlotte game on Tuesday. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Uh, you know, is it really going to be a hill of beans if you lose to Charlotte? I don't know, but. You know, it feels good to avenge an embarrassing loss. 
Yeah, no question about it. All right, last one. Much, much more along those lines. For me, last... I'll go. I'll take the end of February, Brooklyn. Okay. Uh, yeah. You know, Durant might be, hopefully be back by then. I don't know. Be Pretty much right after the All Star break. Yep. Uh, maybe not, but obviously it helped. I, I think I, I guess that, that would that would be depending on if Durant plays or not. But yeah, I think Durant will play. I think by then you probably get Durant back. Um. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he – I don't know if he'd want to play in the All-Star game, right? But maybe, right, if he if he could. It's still yeah. – we're still a few weeks out, so – and I know he's been hurt now for, what, six weeks? Yeah, it's been a while. Um, yeah. I missed, like, 20 games already. Yeah, they're, they're – you know, and they're doing okay. They're getting their ass kicked tonight as we tape by Boston. But they've been – They've been oh, yeah. decent. They're they're kind of holding the water for him, and we'll just sort of see, sort of see what happens when when Durant, in fact, does come back. So, I it will be it will be a really good game. Um, it it's kind of a a tight one with you have Phoenix on that Sunday before, so it it will not be a easy stretch for Milwaukee coming out of the break with Miami, Phoenix, and then Brooklyn. That's not that's not fun. Um, you have a couple and, Miami games coming up, which. I could have gone there too because yep, and I'm we, gonna we, go, owe, we I'm owe them go a couple. There. I'm gonna go there. Um, okay, I, those man. two, those two are are big. Uh, first of all, Miami's playing really well right now, which is unfortunate. Um, they've kind of figured out their rotations. Well, and and who let them do that? Your Milwaukee Bucks. Donate them that, two. Yeah, you can make that case, right? Like they came into Cleveland and beat Cleveland, and you know held Cleveland to 97 points, and out physical Cleveland and played really well in that game. And now, you know, they're coming in hot. Like that, that's, that's kind of why I feel like this weekend is really important for the Bucks because you you're facing two really good teams right now. Um, not just like, yeah, maybe, you know, two weeks, three weeks, they're not playing well, but you're playing teams that are hot. You're hot yourself, but you've been playing some pretty bad teams. Like now this is the, it's kind of the moment where it's like, all right, is this legit? And does Chris Middleton come back to the starting rotation, uh, you know, with this Clippers game that, that I believe matters, but maybe Mike Budenholder does not see that, see it that way. Usually he doesn't. Yeah. I don't think he cares what you think, unfortunately. Yeah. No, um, does not. I don't I, have his I've, ear. I've been saying that for, since the, the day he came back the last two weeks. I mean, it's like, why are we, or a week and a half, I guess. Why is he now? He, he did go over, 20 minutes, I think, on Tuesday against Charlotte. It so, was right at it was right at 20. It was like 19.5 or something. Or like almost. So he 20. was like he was like waiting for it and called a timeout right at the 20 minute mark for Middleton. And <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Um yeah. wouldn't wouldn't want to go over. He's a little bit of a psycho. Uh so I love him, but he's a little bit of a psycho. I wouldn't say I love him, but I, I like him. And he's yeah. uh for some reason Marjan is now on Bud Island and can't it off which is very interesting yeah so we'll see well when when war is gone he'll play probably well yeah and that's the and that's the other thing about all this february is like will they will move be made like will we finally get the jay crowder deal done it would be i'll tell you what if we get the jay crowder deal done on national market day of all days that just would add to it jay in the stands like you know waving to the crowd can't you Coming see it, home. Mitch? 
yeah, coming, coming home. home. Yeah, <laughs> fuck yeah. You like Burkhart would win by a hundred. Like you... I just, I wouldn't even. Oh God, I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't be that excited about it. I'm not that. I'm, 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 I'm being dramatic. I'm, I, I mean, yeah, so am I. I have, I have but... vacillated on the Jay Crowder. Who vacillated? Jay experience. The wow. did, did I use vacillated already? You did, you did already. And I oh, almost okay. commented before. I was like, oh, oh what a big word. Oh, I'm sorry. That's too. Is that too big for Tabby the Keg podcast? <laughs> um, Potentially. I I have went back and forth on Jay Crowder a lot. Um, for a, I was like originally I was like ah we need more athleticism, and then now I'm like well I think we need to be a little more physical. Um, and I don't think it's wrong to have a little more asshole on our bench. Yeah. And so I I think my only fear with Jay Crowder is he has a, also a little bit of Eric Bletso in him where he's like, I haven't shot in a while. It's Jay Crowder time. And that annoys me and yeah. also worries me. Well, my stance on him has been that, wow, Elijah Bryant's in that commercial. Um, interesting. Former Bucks legend. That's an NBA champion right there, I think. Uh, yes. Yeah, NBA champion. Anyway. Getting right. Um, yeah, Jake, my stance on the Jay Crowder thing is as long as – we're not giving up any type of like rotational piece or like a first round pick. I can live with it. So in other words, as long as Grayson Allen isn't going back to Phoenix, I'm, I can pretty much the poo poo platter that's, that's reported is fine with me. I mean, do you, for do you think that that's driven by the Suns though, to get, try to get a better deal out there? That yeah, the Suns probably. are like, the Suns are like, we do not want to take this deal. We're going to take it because we need to move Jay Crowder. I do wonder yeah. if the Bucs have said, okay, like you have till Saturday and then this deal's changing. Cause right. I would imagine the Bucs want, and then like it just goes that like I have to think that the more the less Jay Crowder plays, the longer we get in the season, his value has to kind of keep dropping, right? Right. And, and so the further it goes, I mean, it could be he just gets bought out. And, yeah, I mean that's also another angle, but I don't know. Is that a deterrent to the box because of the you know? I don't know. I well, I mean, I yeah, Jay, it should be. It, yeah, yeah, and they would. I don't think he would not want to play for the box. I think obviously the shock smart angle now, where Shaka tweeted out something about it, and I think for a while Jay and Jimmy and the, kind of the Buzz Williams guys weren't really. I wouldn't say persona non grata, but they didn't really want to, anything to do with Marquette. And Shock has kind of done a good job of bringing those guys back into the fold, which credit to him. Yeah. So. Interesting. All right. Let's move on and finish up today's show with the Brewers. We're getting closer and closer to pitchers and catchers reporting. I believe it's the next week, two weeks from now, soon. Um, and we're slowly, slowly approaching baseball. Uh, we have YouTube TV does not have MLB network right now, which is not great. Uh, especially when Bally is about to go bottoms up. So it's like, where, what are we going to do from a TV perspective? But we'll worry about that later. Uh, but the Brewers got some off season grades from the athletic and they got a C plus. And I'm asking you, Mitch, do you think that is fair or foul on the C plus for Marquette or or I'm not Mark Cap, the Brewers, pardon me. Is that is that right uh for for an offseason grade? C plus works for me. Um, you know, they haven't done a whole lot. 
Um, they haven't necessarily lost anything either um, outside of Hunter Renfro and they've kind of replaced him and the William Contreras trade everybody likes. I mean, if it wasn't for that, I'd probably go even lower. Um, I don't know. C plus seems about right. I, you know, haven't really done anything super splashy. Haven't really signed anyone, you know, blown a bunch of money, which I wouldn't expect, you know, haven't really regressed or anything. It's just kind of, it just is. So a C plus is, is, is fair with me. I would have pro I would have probably at least said a, a B minus. I realize this is kind of replacing deck chairs, but I, I think the William Contreras deal is really good. It's not, you know, they didn't get much for him. They didn't have to give up much for him. They have Jesse Winker off a bad year again. Didn't really, didn't really give up a ton. So it, you know, in Jesse Winker, they're buying low on that. Um, again, Brian Anderson, Wade Miley, not much, but could they be a guy potentially? Right. Um, they've certainly. And I, I've said this a lot, so I apologize to the listeners, but they've avoided that Jason Alexander problem they had last year where if Freddie Peralta gets hurt again, if Aaron Ashby gets hurt again, if Burns goes down, if Woodruff goes down, they now have guys that are a little more reliable where you don't have to worry about are they going to get through three innings here tonight, where I think you had that fear last year on multiple occasions because the Brewers couldn't stay healthy from a pitching perspective. I I think that if they were able to get an extension done, which I know we've went back and forth on a lot, but if they were able to get that extension, one of those extensions yeah. done, whether it's Burns, whether it's Adamas, um, Woodruff, like then it, to me it's a B. And if you got two of them done, I think it's a B plus. Like I think then you're really in a good position where all right, you have this, you have this sort of, shall we say, future built out and you kind of have guys that you're putting your franchise around. I think the one thing that has been frustrating that I, I think why fans are frustrated is I don't think anyone knows, okay, are you going to actually play your young guys this year? And is this going to be a more transitory year? Or is this going to be, you're still trying to get to the division. You still think you can win the division, but you can think you can do it with the blend of young and old. And how do you sell that through? And I just don't think the Brewers have done a good job in selling whatever the story is for the season. And I don't know if they have to, but every day or every week, it feels like there's another owner saying something fucking dumb in the small market. You know, we talked about it, I think, last week or the week prior about Baltimore and Cincinnati. Then you had the Rockies owner who's like, yeah, I kind of want to just play 500. And like, I <laughs> it was and critical of what, San Diego did. And I'm like, like, shut the fuck up, man. Like, and this is like my yeah. total fear is that I'm going to have to come on this podcast, whether it's with you or by myself. And I'm going to have to defend something Mark Ananasio says in Arizona. And I, I, I know I just, but I'm like, I at least want to know the fucking plan. And I know that so many teams it's across the board. No, no matter the sport, it's red China. Because we have less media access, people give up less things because they're worried about leaks, 
but I just like to know what the Brewers fucking plan is because I, it's like, if you, if it looks like you don't have a plan, then people start asking, do you have a plan? And I don't know if I could answer that question. If somebody off the street asked me about the Brewers. Well, I mean, basically that's where we're at right now. That's why I'm frustrated because I don't know what the plan is there. There is no plan. I mean, there's no direction really, you know? Yeah. Like you said, if you do get a Burns or Woodruff extension or, or an Adamus extension, um, you know, then it's like, yeah, okay. They're, they're, they're moving forward with, with this group. Um, and I do think that you can, you can probably mix young guys in and, and it can work out and, and I'll be hunky dory, but there's also the situation where, you know, two, you're serving two masters. You're trying to rebuild and compete. And I, that's a lot of times hard to do. Yeah. But do you, do you really think like young guys equal rebuild? Like, I don't, I don't exactly Not see necessarily. it that way. No. I, I, I think that these guys have been in the, in triple A for depends, a while. But then, but then do the Brewers have enough good, good established veteran players to overcome, you know, two or three, you know, rookies or younger players in the lineup? I don't know. Yeah, um, I mean, like that, they're not that, the Phillies. That's the thing. Like the Phillies could do that because they had fucking Bryce Harper and Kyle Schwarber and yada yada yada. Freaking well, right. Uh, you would, R- you Ramuto would need, and you would all-star need, players. You you would need Rowdy Telez to play at the level that he played last season. You would need Christian Yelich to step up. Right. You saw some nice things from Christian Yelich in spurts, but you didn't really see the consistency that you would hope for from Christian Yelich. You would need Jesse Winker to bounce back. And if those, and maybe William Contreras is kind of the star that, that you hope him to be. And if those all things happen, I'm not saying you're going to get everyone like that's, that seems a little greedy, but if you get a, if you get a good amount, if you get a, uh, let's say a majority of those things happening and then the young guys come through, maybe one of them has a rookie of the year potential, then yeah, you're, you're in a really good spot. And It'll be very interesting to see how everything plays out with the balanced schedules and how that might change what ends up happening. Because I I don't know I don't I don't really have a good answer at this point on how that will how that will affect the divisions. I mean, Vegas right now sees the Brewers as still a contender. They are at that a contender in the division. They're plus one fifty to win the NL Central. The only one that's higher is the Cardinals at minus 115. So they still think the Brewers are going to contend. Um, I haven't seen over-unders yet on that, but they still feel like they, the Brewers can do what what you laid out. Yeah, and I mean, maybe that's reason for optimism, you know, but um, well, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Well, I think the optimism is like, are you going to be really as injured as you were from a pitching staff perspective as you were last year? Right. Like it's kind of to bring it back to Rogers. It's like, is Roger really going to be hurt again? Like he was last year. And, and you forget how good that pitching staff was when they were fully healthy in 2021. And a huge reason why the Brewers won 96 games or 98 games or whatever it was in 2021. Yeah, true. I mean, Burns, was awesome in 2022, but I feel like he did have a couple weird stretches and yeah. he wasn't super, super lights out like he was the year before. Right. And uh, you had Woodruff, Ashby, uh, Peralta all having 
multiple. I'll miss, you know, I'll miss like a month or more. Yeah. And so I, I doubt that'll happen again. I hope it doesn't. It could, right? It's baseball. It's, it's sports. Injuries happen. Could exact, could happen exactly the same. Or Burns has a significant injury. You have to deal with that. But is if they stay healthy, yeah, it's, it's going to be good. And we'll, we'll see, but I'm sure I will. I'm sure there's still more to come. You never know. Things could change. Um, I'll be very curious to see, you know, is will Bryce train get, you know, opening day reps is South Freelick going to get a chance to compete on opening day. South Freelick is going to be every uncle's favorite player. Like Wally Walkshaw will love South Freelick because he's a little undersized. He doesn't hit for five, power. Five, he hits, nine, hits for five, average. Um, doubles, doubles guy. Like my dad's gonna love South Freelick. <laughs> yeah, I mean, until he gets to the big leagues and he's got to hit home runs to get paid. And yeah, I mean, well, maybe, maybe not. And then you have, uh, <laughs> then you have Joey Weimer, who's basically Hunter Renfro. Like I read Joey Weimer's profile, and I, I stay up oh, to yeah, date I mean, on. He's six five, probably. Yeah, he's a ton of power. Has unreal power. Like his power numbers are crazy, but he strikes out a lot. And like, who does that sound like? Oh fuck! And has a good arm. He's a great arm. Like ninety percent right of the league. Oh, that's true too. Um, a lot of I guys my, profile like Hunter Renfro, which is why he's been traded so much. Uh, like I said, I, he's Tobias Harris. He's he's a guy. He's good enough to be to you want on your team, but as soon as you pay that guy along, you know you're stuck. To wrap it up, our favorite topic to debate on is Jackson Trio. I saw the first negative critique on Jackson Trio actually today from ESPN. Adam eleventh um, and said, "Yeah, he has all the tools. I there's just there's some unknowns there, and they kind of like a lot of it was written. It almost was like it was written by you. A lot of things you've said about like, yeah, he's still really young, and like, yeah, the numbers look good. Yeah, they match up with what we saw at Acuna and Tatis, but." There are still scouts that don't know if it's all gonna it's all gonna come together. So, let's just say your boy it made your boy a little little sad, um, but maybe <laughs> maybe it's maybe it's wrong. But I find I there was finally a negative critique on Trio. Not not to be. Unexpected. I wouldn't even say that's really negative. That's no. just like that's just what it is. It's throwing to, caution to the wind. To quote, like, to quote the great Christian Yelich, it's that's baseball. Yeah, absolutely, no question about it. It's just hard to. I mean. The, are the numbers pretty? I mean, he was he was good in low A or whatever. High A, but come on, high A. Okay. It's you're gonna you're gonna look foolish for short near trio stock in a couple of years. I'm tell, I'm just telling you. So you're, no, he was in low A, then went to high A, then went to double A. Yes, yes, but he hit it. That's he it. hit it. He hit it high A. The double A was bad. Yes, double A was not good. So and that was only like seven games or something, right? Right, definitely. Anything else for people? Are you going to be sad that you're not here for National Marquette Day on uh, on on Saturday? Um, not really, honestly, man. I I don't want to sound mean, but it doesn't really register on my on my radar oh, too much. So, okay. uh, you know, I hear about it enough through you. It's that's yeah. fine. Yeah. So, um, um, no. no, I will not be sad. No, I'm just, I'll be I'm just I'll be having a I'll be having a good time. At the Green Bay Gamblers game, yeah, uh, watching the Wiener Dog races at I want I always want to say halftime, but it's one of 
one of the intermissions. One of the intermissions, just slugging beers, having a good, having having a blast. Now you guys will have fun. That'll be mm-hmm. that'll be good. Oh look, Gen Z Gen Z Lob City lost to lost to the Blazers at home by ten. Imagine <laughs> that. Uh, all right, you you might hate Memphis more than I do now. I don't know. They just they they struck a nerve. Let's just put it that way. Timberwolves also Timberwolves fans struck a nerve as well today. Got into that with them on Twitter. A little bit, just one fan per, but it was. I thought it was ridiculous. They were mad at my guy Ryan Rosillo for basically pointing out that, hey, if uh, Anthony Edwards is developing a superstar, he probably doesn't want guys like D'Angelo Russell and Carl Towns around him because they're not winning players and they probably bring him down. And I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. They were like, whoa, what about Gene McDaniels? I'm like, I shut mean, up. Yeah, it's like they're like he's a potential defensive player of the year. I'm like fuck you, dude. Like it's Jaden McDaniels, all right. Like, and he's like he basically got told I didn't know ball because I'm out watching Jaden McDaniels every night. And I'm like not a fucking scout. I don't need to grind Wolves tape and have have reports on Jaden McDaniels. You know, shut up. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, been getting a little mouthy on Twitter, which never is usually good for me. At some point, I get smacked back down. Um, then I go and recede in my hole for a while. All right. That should do it. We'll be back tomorrow. I will have a podcast after the Clippers Bucks game, not drinking, which it sucks. Um, But we'll do a lot of that next Thursday, which I'm sure we'll talk about on this podcast. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, back with Mitch next week, uh, getting ready for the Super Bowl and, Anything that uh, happens with the Bucks out on the West Coast, uh, get ready for the two-day LA extravaganza for Milwaukee as well. So stay tuned for all of that, and we'll uh, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Peace, peace.